Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The latest on the coronavirus, live and local, here's Brenda Alacy. Well, welcome back to WBEN's live local extended talk. As I said yesterday, it's a privilege to be here. Let's all talk to each other. Let's give each other a shoulder. Let's help each other get through these uh, uncharted waters. And every day there's a new wave that hits us. So we are here for you and with you. And uh, I'll be on the air till 10 o'clock taking your calls, comments, texts, Twitter, the number to call, 803-0930. And if you want to send me a text, you're certainly welcome to do so at uh, 30930. And my Twitter uh, handle is at Brenda Celeste, at Brenda Celeste. And I certainly appreciate the uh, calls and comments last night and uh, intend to do a lot of the same things that we talked about last night. We're inviting businesses to call in and give a plug for their restaurant or their other service that they're offering, other essential services. You know, it seems that things are changing by the moment. And since we last talked 24 hours ago, uh, the governor put forth the uh, non-essential law mandate. And uh, that'll be something that we'll talk about this evening as well. Wondering if you went for a haircut today. Did you stop at Paula's Donuts to get your fix on the way before they closed at 3 o'clock? So many things that we take for granted in life here in western New York are changing. And we're here to help you navigate those waters. 803-0930 is the number to call. And I want to go right to the phone lines because Lou Billetier is on the line with me. And Lou is the longtime owner. He and his sister, Mary Beth Billetier of Chef's Restaurant. Lou, good evening. Welcome to WBEN. Hi, Brenda. Thank you so much for calling in. And, you know, in these crazy times, uh, people are looking for some solace, and I think comfort food is high on my list of ways to get through this. What's happening with Chef's and Chef's on the Go, your new location in Amherst? Well, you know, we're in the same boat as everybody, obviously. Um, You know, comfort food's a beautiful thing, but... uh, more importantly is I can't believe the outpour and the support we're getting from our customers and from Western New York in general. There, I talked to a lot of my fellow restaurateurs, and they're all experiencing the same thing I am. We're all busy. Uh, people are coming out of their houses and supporting us to keep us going in this time, and it's, it's so important. Uh, I don't think people realize, but uh, also looking forward with this non-essential uh, work stoppage now, uh, we're a little concerned because people aren't going to be able to afford to go out and, and support, you know, support us as much. And I certainly understand that you can't afford to eat out every night. 
Right. I know it, it certainly puts a crimp in our plans. And, you know, I, I tend to, my husband and I tend to eat out a lot and it does add up, but it's uh, it's something we enjoy doing. To me, it's part of the quality of life here in Western New York, the, the rich restaurant scene. And certainly Chef's is among those restaurants that we enjoy and like to patronize. We're all about keeping it local and uh, you guys are, you know, icons, I think it's fair to say, in this community. Do you feel like you, um, you know, are almost a prophet in realizing that an on-the-go or, you know, takeout-oriented business would uh, would be something that would, you know, really help people? I mean, obviously, there was no way to predict about the coronavirus. But it seems that that business model is particularly apt at this time of year and with this situation. It definitely is. Um, you know, I, I hate the sound pompous or self-centered or whatever you want to call it, but this played right into our wheelhouse. Right. You know, the way our, our drive through window is, and we've got an app coming out in the next day or two. Uh, you can order online. So, I mean, we're set up for it perfectly. We didn't make any changes at all in Williamsville. That's great. Now, Lou, what about your location, your original spot on Seneca and Chicago streets? Well, we're open, we're open 11 to 8 there, Monday through Saturday. Full menu, everything that we have on our menu is available for takeout. We've got a drive-through window, so you can come in and, you know, you don't have to get out of your car. You can just drive through there as well. So uh, we're hoping for the best. We've had great support so far from our customers. What are you hearing from customers, Lou? I mean, it must be uh, so nerve-wracking. Um, and how do you manage the, the actual uh, transfer of the food from, say, your window to the car window where the, where the driver is? How does that work? Uh, well, pretty much um, downtown, it's just they, they can call ahead of time, or if they have to, they can come to the window, and uh, they can just pull up, and we'll have a, an associate run it out to them. But we just basically handed out the window to them, and, uh, you know, that's where the exchange is. You're not right on top of them, obviously. It's about a, a three-foot gap. So um, just, you know, we monitor our our employees constantly take their temperature every day before they start work. We got hand sanitizer, and we're just trying to stay on top of it because, obviously, God forbid, nobody wants to get anybody sick. No, as a matter of fact, you know, every time you turn around, there's a new case being reported. Uh, Bravo host Andy Cohen has coronavirus, uh, a member of Vice President Pence's staff. It was just announced that uh, someone, whether it's a man or a woman, has been diagnosed with the virus. It's been positive. So... Uh, you know, you have to assume that it's everywhere, and uh, the only thing we can do in this situation is the, some measure of control, which is wash our hands, stay away from people as much as humanly possible, not touch our face, all of these things that we keep, you know, hearing about. Lou, what other precautions are you taking at uh, your two locations? Um, like, it's mainly, you know, we're, we're following all the basic health standards that we always do. Everybody's wearing gloves, obviously. Everything's being double and triple washed. Everything's being wiped down and sanitized constantly, where before it'd be once a day, you know, you would wipe a door handle. You were wiping it literally hourly. And uh, we're just trying to stay on it as much as we can, and hopefully uh, nothing passes. It's got to be extremely stressful for you uh, running the business. Uh, how are you taking care of yourself? Well, it's yeah, it's it's been very, especially today when the governor first came out and said all non-essential, and they said we were closing down. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, I'm just the same thing, a lot of vitamin C, trying to get enough rest, you know, distance myself from everybody as much as I can, and just, uh, you know, roll with the punches. 
Yeah, that's all we can do, Lou. And, and before you go, just curious, is spaghetti parm the uh, number one thing people are buying? You know, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, as always, it's people, it's, it, it, that's why I say it amazes me that, you know, we're backed up at our drive through windows and they're all getting spaghetti parm. <laughs> Truly uh, the comfort food. Uh, no better time to get it. Well, I'll be in for my eggplant parm sometime soon, Lou, and I wish you and Mary Beth and your staff uh, the best of luck. I did notice before you go that you were uh, lamenting how difficult it is to get good help. Are you looking to hire people at this point? Is that something that you can even do? Um, no. You know, I had to unfortunately lay off quite a few, but uh, some of the ones that wanted to stay on um, – you know they're they're doing well, but I don't want to get them overtaxed either. Right. We're always looking for good help. You know, anytime if anybody's out there and looking for a job, a cook's job especially, let me know. Give us your two locations before you run, Lou. Yep, it's uh, downtown at 291 Seneca Street, a block from the ballpark, and then we're in uh, Williamsville Place on Sheridan Drive at Sheridan and International Drive. I wish you continued success uh, during these difficult times. Thanks so much for taking the time to call in. Lou Billetier. Uh, thank you, Brenda. You bet. 803-0930, what are your experiences today uh, since we last talked? I'm really curious to hear how you're coping with this. Uh, and pharmacies are another place where many people are able to go. It's one of the places that um, are one of the few places that are still open. And kind enough to join us on the line is Don Arthur, who is with the Black Rock Pharmacy in the city and also the Brighton Eggert Pharmacy in Tonawanda. Don, welcome to WBEN. Brenda, good evening. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. You know, uh, under difficult circumstances like everybody else, trying to manage anxiety and talk to people. And uh, I'm very curious to hear about how things are progressing at your respective pharmacies. Uh, how difficult is it to do your day-to-day -day work under these circumstances? Well, you know, it's been an extremely difficult week. You know, I, I started uh, in our family's pharmacy business in January of 1977. I was 17 years old. Remember what happened then? What's that? The, the, the blizzard of 70. Ah, yes, indeed. Yeah, and it, it honestly, it, it reminds me of that, the driving bans, uh, you know, that seem to be imminent. But it, it's been challenging. Uh, it's obviously been very busy. I mean, you know, we've been in a unique position. We were tasked with the FDA uh, to compound in our compounding lab hand sanitizer. So that, that's really been a, a unique uh, circumstance for us this past week. Uh, Don, as you mentioned, you are a compounding lab, and that means that you actually produce the prescriptions and various, uh, whether it's creams or pills or, or what have you, in, in your facility. I've, I've walked into your facilities, and it's really kind of a sci-fi look. You know, you've got people in there uh, who are fully sterile with their suits, and it's obviously a very clean uh, part of your drugstore, and people are, are literally putting the ingredients together from scratch. Is that the best way to describe it? Yeah, I, you know, I talked, I was on the radio last week uh, with Susan and, and Brian, and I had mentioned that really it, pharmacy's beginnings, you know, uh, pharmacists, physicians would uh, would provide an order to a patient, and the patient would come to uh, a local apothecary, and, and they would make it. And it evolved into, uh, you know, drug companies came on the scene and started making tablets and capsules and, and other uh, other pharmaceuticals. And it evolved uh, into what it is today. But there's still, 
uh, certain uh, needs for uniquely compounded formulas. We've got 6,000 unique formulas that we have access to in our lab, and it's in certain specialties, pain management, dermatology, hormone replacement, things of that nature. But it put us in a position when the FDA reached out to us last uh, Saturday evening uh, through email uh, asking uh, pharmacies, and I, I don't think it was unique to compounding pharmacies. I think it went out to all pharmacies that if you have the ability, you know, please compound uh, hand sanitizer. And they provided us with a very specific formula that we've been following. And have you uh, had any difficulty in, in getting the ingredients necessary to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, as we've, as everyone you've had on the radio has mentioned, it's, uh, it's, evolving and changing daily. You know, the sand sanitizer, uh, the sanitizer that the FDA had recommended, well, not recommended, but the specific formula requires uh, alcohol, and uh, it has to be uh, either 75% isopropyl or 80% ethyl alcohol. Glycerin, which is used as a, a wetting moisturizing agent because the alcohol is extremely drying, and hydrogen peroxide, um, and really... Uh, the most difficult um, thing to acquire earlier in the week were the uh, the bottles, the actual bottles. What we're running into now is uh, trying to find the alcohol. Because as you can imagine, you know, in our country, there's there's a demand for chemically available isopropyl alcohol that, that is what it is, and the manufacturers meet that demand on a regular basis. Well, the demand for uh, alcohol today has never been uh, it's never been like this in the past. So we're having difficulty getting the alcohol, yes. I would imagine. And, Don, are people, you know, knocking down your doors? What's it like? I mean, when so many other businesses are either shutting down or have just a trickle of people coming in, are you having just the opposite effect? It it has been extremely busy. But, you know, I was mentioning to uh, to my, my two uh, sons who work in the pharmacy uh, this afternoon, is it as busy as it's been? Uh, it's really been interesting, uh, you know, the interactions we've had. You know, most, you know, with our patients we've been servicing over the over the years, we've been at this location 15 plus years. But we're seeing a lot of new faces, and it's stressful for them. It's stressful for everyone. But um, they've been polite. They've been thankful. They've been understanding. You know, we're practicing social distancing. We've got um, like an amusement park. We've got X's and numbers on the floor going all the way out to the parking lot. We've got these different uh, patterns that we're asking people to go through, um, and and that's been that's been great. You know how understanding and patient uh, that people have been because there have been times we started compounding the hand sanitizer Tuesday around noon when the, uh, we were, we bought these 55 gallon drums of uh, alcohol, each weighed 500 pounds. They dropped them off on a pallet. We had to stare at them for about 15 minutes because we didn't know how to get into them. We didn't <laughs> know how to open these barrels. Cause, uh, more uncharted territory, huh? Yes, yes. In our 50 years, we've never had a 55-gallon drum delivered to the pharmacy. But so there were times where we just couldn't meet the demand, and people patiently waited. And you know, our staff just continued to work in the lab and uh, package the, the compounds. Hey, Don, I have to take a quick break. Would you mind holding for just a moment? Absolutely. I have a couple more questions I want to run by you. And George in Buffalo, I will get to you as soon as possible. And folks on hold, much more to come right here with extended local and live coverage on WBEN. 
And we are talking with Don Arthur, who is the owner of the Brighton Eggert Pharmacy uh, on um, Kenmore, excuse me, on Brighton Road, excuse me, um, <laughs> which makes sense since it's the Brighton Eggert Pharmacy in Tonawanda, and also the Black Rock Pharmacy, which has been at that location in the city for more than 50 years. What's the uh, exact address there, Don, on, in Black Rock? Is Don still there, folks? Oh, Don, are you still there? Yep, I'm here. I'm sorry about that. Uh, what's your exact location on uh, in Black Rock? 431 Tonawanda Street in Buffalo. And your street address on Brighton Eggert, in case anybody wants to put it in their phone? 935 Brighton Road. Very good. And so we were, just to recap, because I don't want to keep you too long, I'm sure you've got a ton of things to do, but you are one of the few places that uh, are able to compound and make the hand sanitizer right in your two locations, and people are coming in. Now, is there a limit as to how much they can purchase? Yeah, we, um, it's changed daily. You know, one thing I didn't expect getting, you know, starting this on Tuesday is the uh, the demand from large em- employer groups. We, we've been approached by a large manufacturer in western New York that I'd rather not name, uh, asking if we could uh, compound the uh, hand sanitizer in 55-gallon drums with finished product. Uh, we've had uh, numerous doctor's offices call. We've had a couple nursing homes in the area contact us, car dealers contact us, two of the banks have contacted us, trucking companies. So um, we, we've, we're trying... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Goal is because we're we're limited with labor. Uh, we're doing this, uh, the lab's a pretty good size, but working with alcohol is difficult. You know, we're we're ventilating the area. Everyone's wearing masks and gowns and, and gloves, but it's just being in that room for 12 hours. So we're, we're rotating out of there. So we're, we're doing it about 10, uh, 10, 12 hours a day, and it's been difficult to keep up with the demand. So yes, we're, we're absolutely limiting it. We've so far, we've packaged 8,000 bottles for people in the Western New York area. Uh, we've uh, we've offered for some of the the larger employers, the nursing homes, the health cares, the doctor's offices, you know, we've asked them uh, if you can bring in a, a one-gallon plastic container, uh, we can provide the finished product and we can appropriately label in that for you. Um, you know, when they do bring it into the store, since it's not ours, we've got a station set up uh, with 99% alcohol uh, just to sanitize the, the bottle they're bringing in, and then we put in the finished product. So we're, we're limiting. We're trying to be flexible. Um, we expect our, our first uh, our first batch, we received four 55-gallon drums of alcohol. 
the which would allow us to produce about 10,000 bottles. Unfortunately, we're going to run out of that tomorrow afternoon, and we're open seven days a week. But we expect four more 55-gallon drums on Monday or Tuesday, and then we're placing an order. So we're we're doing the best we can. And certainly there are other medications and prescriptions that need to be filled, too. Uh, life goes on with our other conditions and needs, uh, and so we can't overlook that as well, Don. How much has your day-to-day business been affected? Well, yes, that's... That area, it's been the busiest week in, in prescriptions uh, dispensed, uh, again, it's in the last several years that I can think of. I, I think what's happening, and I think some of it is uh, makes makes sense, you know, I would say 70% of our prescription volume is senior citizens in our community, and they, they can be on several maintenance medications. And I have to say the insurance companies uh, that we're always fighting with, it seems, and the prescription benefit managers, uh, which are absolutely not our friends, They've been extremely flexible in this circumstance. So um, they're giving us overrides to, to fill maintenance medications early. They're giving us overrides to provide three-month supplies rather than 30-day supply. Um, so I, I think what's happening, uh, not too um, different than what's happened in the toilet paper, you know, people are, are responsibly requesting refills because we don't know how long this is going to go on. Of course, yes. That's the thing. There's so many unknowns, which just... Uh fuels the anxiety. And speaking of that, has there been a, a real upswing in tranquilizers or other types of medication to calm people? You know, no, no, it hasn't. Um, just a little bit. Again, I think people, you know, it's Western New York <laughs> are pretty resilient, you know, yes. weather that we deal with year after year after year. And I, um, I thought there would be, but um, I think people just realize it's a circumstance that there's very little they can do anything about, and everything's been challenging. And uh, no, I really haven't noticed that. It's uh, it's hasn't seemed to change that I can tell. Well, I hope that uh, people find some solace in talking with others and learning about things like uh, what's happening at your respective drugstores. Don, uh, I have to hit a news break here. Is there anything else you'd like to let our listeners know about? No, no, I appreciate your time. And uh, again, uh, you know, good luck to everyone out there. And check, check with your local pharmacy and, and see everyone has the capability, all pharmacies, to do this. I think, unfortunately, they're going to be challenged with uh, obtaining the, the raw material that goes into the finished product. But we should be in good shape for the next several weeks um, with the relationships we've created over the last couple of weeks with the right. manufacturers. Thank you for everything you're doing, and we'll check in with you again. Thanks so much, Don. Okay, Brenda, thanks for having me on. It's Don Arthur, who is the owner of the Black Rock Pharmacy in the city on Tonawanda Street, as well as the Brighton Eggert Pharmacy in Tonawanda. We'll take a, a quick time out. Much more to come. Your call's coming up next right here on WBEN. And welcome back on this Friday evening, March 20th. And if you're like me, I had to stop and think this morning, is today Friday? Is What's the date? It's just uh, things are so upside down. I have to think twice about what day it is. And <laughs> uh, let me know if you're going through there, too. Just part of the anxiety, I think, of this new world that we're living in. 803-0930 is our call-in number, star 930 from your cell. And if you prefer to text me, easy enough, 30930. And I have a very interesting text I'm going to read you about a suggestion to help folks in the restaurant industry to perhaps defray some of their costs and have some money in reserve. We'll get to that. But I've had these folks on hold long enough. So let's go to Mike on a cell. Good evening, Mike. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, big, a big question I had was, what about people who have a compromised health condition? For instance, people who have smoked for 30 years. 
aren't they more susceptible? I, I would think so, Mike. I, I would imagine there's got to be some damage done to their lungs uh, over the years, especially if they've been smoking for a long period of time. Uh, I worry about my husband. He was a, a chain smoker when I met him. Fortunately, he quit years ago. But I do wonder, what are the lasting effects of smoking and his lungs and so many others who have perhaps COPD from working in you know tough industrial conditions or who have smoked heavily? I think that they would certainly fall under the compromised uh, health population. Yeah, that could add a whole new dynamic to this disease. Yes, yes. Uh, I hope you're not a smoker. No, never, never even took a drag of a cigarette. <laughs> Good. How are you coping in these times, Mike? How is it going for you? Okay, I'm very relaxed about it, almost too relaxed. I don't know why. Ah, so your day-to-day life is not uh, overly disrupted? Not at all. I'm still working. What do you do for a living? Uh, I work for Tesla. But they announced a layoff. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, what the job that I do there is considered essential. I see. I see. Well, I'm glad to hear somebody who's uh, on an even keel. I appreciate that, Mike. And uh, a very interesting question you pose about smokers. Uh, we'll see what folks have to say about that. Okay. Take care. Thank you so much for calling in. Next up, we'll go to Kyle in Hamburg. Good evening, Kyle. You're on WBEN. Hello, Kyle. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I appreciate you calling in. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, local restaurant week. Yes, yes. Coming up on March 30th. Yes. Uh, are you a restaurant owner, Kyle? I'm not, but we're uh, in the food business and serve a lot of the restaurants um, in terms of uh, menu development and and providing uh, uh, marketing and sales support to them. So I see. I see. So uh, what do you think will happen uh, with uh, just takeout available uh, as of this moment? Who knows what will happen in you know a few more days. But uh, how do you think things will shake out with this uh, new uh, world that we're living in? Well, it's, you know, um, it's going to be it's super tough on the, on the restaurant tours, especially the local independently owned operators of restaurants and um, you know, I guess I'm calling in to just ask people to make sure that they patronize their favorite restaurants. They're doing a great job with takeout, um, you know, via Facebook, cell phones, any means that they can to get the orders. Um, but it's critical for these folks to stay in business, just like any uh, major challenge. The trickle down to the server is what hurts the most. And, and you know, the restaurateur wants to keep their people involved and employed and healthy and working and um it's you know all of us that order out is how that is how that pulls through so right right there really is a domino effect as you uh, indicate kyle because you think about not only the owners but the people they employ but then also the purveyors there are so many people who are in that chain that uh, serve restaurants and i know um there's been that real farm to table movement and more and more people use local products So those folks are being affected as well, local farmers. Um, I have a friend, she and her husband uh, run a microgreen business, so Mm -hmm. they're being affected because people aren't buying the garnishes that would make your plate look pretty, I'm sure, in the same sense that they would if they were plating them in a restaurant to be served. So the domino effect is really remarkable. It is, it is. And um, the, you know, with the, and it's a a heck of a treat in a time like this that, you know, we've uh, frustration at the grocery stores, um, frustration cooking it at home, and to have something fantastic uh, 
uh, you know, a couple of nights a week or every night of the week for dinner as a treat is, is something that helps us keep our sanity. Yes. I can tell you that tonight, you know, especially with a fish fry and buffalo, you know, uh, we were trying to dial around to at least six or seven different restaurants and you couldn't even get through, which is fantastic. However, you know, Thursday was light. And um, so it's those days where if we can get that balance, because restaurants, um, you know, when they take a reservation or they have reservations for, you know, 200 seats, they can plan staff, plan food, plan things. Um, you know, yesterday they may have had eight staff on, not enough food, so they brought four in today, and then today is crazy. Um, so I would encourage people, um, order your food early, you know, direct message on Facebook or email or text, you know, the restaurant owner or however their system is for ordering. Um, but do whatever you can to help the restaurants be prepared, and you're going to get fantastic food, fantastic service. You know, it's curbside. They bring it out. They put it in your back seat. It's um, touch-free. And um, like I said, it's a great break from, you know, uh, working with what you have left in the kitchen. And the nice thing, too, Kyle, not only is it touch-free, but you can simply give a, a credit card number over the phone, I would think, for many people. Uh, Most, you know, who needs to touch money nowadays? And even before this all happened, there were so many folks who used just credit cards. Yeah, and they're actually looking for that because it saves that time. Right. We all know the time it takes to go from your table to the, you know, to the point of sale system and back. Well, now they're running through a parking lot and based on, the, you know, the restaurant, right, that could be a bit of a distance. So they're 100% looking for credit card transactions um, to try to get you know, make everything as smooth and as easy as possible for everybody. So Local Restaurant Week, again, starts March 30th. Um, as far as we know, it's still up and running, and we will certainly um, have a different focus. It'll be Local Restaurant Week to go, right? To uh, go, right yeah. on. Great. I love the idea. We're still going to help our local restaurant owners and folks, you know, whether, as I mentioned last night, whether it's a little dive or a gastropub or a white linen fancy place, we're going to try to help everybody the best we can, and I encourage restaurant owners to call in and give themselves a free plug. We'd love to be able to do that. Yeah, and we've sent that out to a few as well. Um, but, again, it's order early, help these folks plan, help them be prepared, help them be successful. And, you know, in a handful of weeks, you know, we're, we're, whatever it is that we're through all of this, um, you know, it's, it's, it's never going to be forgotten that you were able to support your local restaurant tour. Um, they're super passionate about their people, their food, and their business, and let's support that. Uh, I'm all for it. I look forward to the day when we're shoulder-to-shoulder again in our favorite eateries. Uh, Kyle in Hamburg, talking about Local Restaurant Week. Very much appreciate your time this evening. Thanks for calling in. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. You bet. Bye. We're going to go to uh, the left coast right now. As a matter of fact, uh, Trevor Kennedy is on the phone. Trevor is the brother of Phil Kennedy, our producer tonight, and Trevor's living in Los Angeles and is kind enough to share what the experience is like living on the West Coast, particularly in L.A. Good evening, Trevor. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. What's up, Brenda? Well, I'm curious to kind of get the perspective of somebody living in L.A. I mean, last night when we were on the air, the the edict came down from Governor Gavin Newsom that uh, he didn't want people leaving their homes in California. What is life like for you today after that happened last night? Um, I mean, it, it's pretty crazy. Like, there's uh, a lot of grocery stores, which I'm assuming are the same on, like, the East Coast, but they're all sold out of stuff. Um, we actually just went to uh, Costco earlier today, and uh, you can't use cash. You have to use um, your credit or debit card, and then they'll bring the uh, groceries out to you and then set them next to your car. 
so you don't feel like you're interacting with somebody. So once they walk away, you can get out, grab your groceries and stuff. But um, there's a lot of businesses that are closed down. And even just driving around L.A., you can get to wherever you're going in a matter of 10, 10, 15 minutes, which is, like, very, very unusual out here. Yeah, it's more like Buffalo traffic, right, Trevor? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What do you do for a living in Los Angeles? Uh, I'm actually a uh, lead at a uh, manufacturing company. So we manufacture um, plastic products that you would buy in, like, Walmart or um, Wegmans and stuff like that. So when you go and you buy your uh, strawberries or uh, fruits and stuff, and they're in that plastic tray. Oh, yes. You manufacture those. So we're technically, the company that I work for, um, we're technically an essential business. So uh, I'm still at work. I'm still going about my, my daily activities and stuff. But um, getting to and from work is, like, easy. It used to take me, like, an hour, hour and a half in my car. Now it's, like, 30 minutes to get downtown L.A., drive all the way back out to where I live and stuff. So it's um it's pretty crazy. It's it's nice, but at the same time, like, I feel for the people that don't have work. Oh, I can imagine. It must feel very eerie to know that you're driving around the freeways of L.A. and, you know, cutting your commute time in a third or a half. Um, what's it like for you at work? Um, do you have a reduced workforce or because of what you do, is it the same uh, level of manpower that you would normally have? Uh, right now, it's the same level of manpower. Um, we're actually a, like a startup company, so there's really not that many people there to begin with. But um, since I run the night shift, I have to uh, – when I was there on um, Tuesday, or I think it was Monday, they're talking about shutting down San Francisco, and we were getting updates uh, about that. So I had to check every, like, 30 minutes, 45 minutes to see if they did what they did with Los Angeles with shutting it down and everything. If they did that overnight, I'd have to start making phone calls to be like, what, like are, are we still in business? Like, what are we doing? So it's, it's pretty crazy when – uh, when I'm at work, just waiting for a call from management, just tell us to shut everything down and go home and stuff. So it, it's um, reduced workforce and definitely um, uh, a little eerie at times. How do you feel about this, Trevor? You're, what, 25 years old is what I understand? You're a young man? Um, I, it's it's pretty crazy. I've never seen anything like this in, in my 25 years. Right. I've tried to live through something, um, something like this and everything that's been going on in – LA over the past year with with Kobe and then with yes with, uh, Nipsey Hussle last year or early last year it's just been it seems like LA can never catch a break yeah you know I had not thought about it in that sense but you're right there's been some real you know big you know earth-shaking no pun intended tragedies happening there um, are you hearing things from your fellow workers in the same age range you know because there was some talk about how millennials were not taking this virus seriously are you taking this seriously yeah, I mean it's it's uh it, it's pretty it's pretty scary because um uh my aunt has um leukemia so I'm always I'm always uh worried about catching something and then bringing it back to her house when I come visit her make sure that 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 they have their groceries and stuff so it's always um I'm taking it very seriously with with washing hands and making sure people are like staying staying the distance they need to apart from each other at work and if somebody is sick that they need to go home immediately because um in the industry that I work for a lot of people really can't um, – they live paycheck to paycheck, which is a lot of other people as well. But um, they want to stay there. They want to work through their sickness. They don't want to use their paid time off and stuff. So I'm always having to make sure that if somebody's sick, i to send them home and stuff like that. And, and so I'm taking it very seriously compared to if we didn't have a sickness. Has there been any shortage of gloves or masks, or isn't that just something that you have to concern yourself with at your job? Uh, we don't really need to concern ourselves with, with like, like gloves and masks and stuff at, at work, but I did notice because 
Um, I did hurt my ankle uh, last week, so I had to go to the hospital to get a whole bunch of stuff done to my ankle and get it looked at and stuff. And I'm seeing all the doctors. They're just wearing pretty much just basic stuff, and, like, none of them are wearing anything crazy. And one of the doctors was telling me that they don't really have the proper um, PPE to be wearing. They don't have all the masks and stuff. They don't have – they're just wearing, like, a gown, normal mask that he's been wearing all day. And he was saying that you really can't wear that mask all day. Usually he'll take it off between patient and patient um, if they're very sick and stuff. So – to hear that the people that are supposed to be helping us in this time of need don't really have all the stuff that they need to, to keep each patient safe and separate, it's kind of scary at the same time. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you're taking it seriously, Trevor, because uh, I think, you know, in this situation, we can't be too safe. We're even hearing things uh, tonight about how doctors um, who work in Rochester had to shave their beards because the mask wasn't fitting properly. So, Definitely uh, new things that we're encountering day in and day out. Before I let you go, I, I want to ask you again about the supermarket situation, as you mentioned. When you were in the supermarket, was there the, the social distance that we're required to have now? And what, what was it like in there? Uh, I know um, a lot of grocery stores. When I went there, it was, it was early in the morning, so there wasn't like too many people there. But I do know a lot of the grocery stores out here are limiting, are limiting the amount of people that are inside the store at one time. So... Um, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I know there's always a line out. Like if you go right now, which it's, it's like four o'clock out here, four thirty. Right. So if you go right now, there'd be a line out the grocery store because they're trying to limit the amount of people that are in there. They're also trying to limit what, um, how much stuff you buy and make sure that everybody has the stuff that they do need. So, and I assume all the restaurants are takeout only. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's takeout only, only, um, you can't like. When I was actually in a restaurant on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday when they when they came out and said that all restaurants, bars, everything's going to close down. So we like it was nice being able to sit into a restaurant one last time because I don't know when the next time we are going to be able to sit in a restaurant. Right. Yeah, all restaurants are takeout only. Um, I have noticed all fast food restaurants that I've that I've been to recently. Um, everybody's wearing gloves. Like they're they're very precautious. Some of them, some of the uh, cashiers are wearing like um, masks and stuff at the drive-through windows. So they're taking it very seriously as well. I'm glad to hear that, Trevor. Is there anything else you want to tell us uh, about life in LA at this moment? Uh, it's just it's just different. It's just a lot different than what I'm used to, and it's it's uh, it's kind of scary at the same time because going back to when I uh, went to the hospital and stuff, I went to uh, I had to go to three different hospitals. And each one I had to go to, I had to um, crutch my way into those tents that are outside, get screened, get uh, every single floor, every doctor I went into. They had to make sure I didn't have a fever, ask me all these questions. I had to sign off to say that I'm not sick or have trouble breathing and stuff. So it's kind of something that you would see out of a movie. So even though you had your temperature taken once, every time you went to a different floor within that hospital, they took your temperature again? Yeah, yeah. Every time I uh, every time I saw a doctor that was different from the one before, they they would take my temperature. They would uh, if it was a different floor, different building, different anything. It was like I'd do the whole screening process over again. Unbelievable. Well, listen, you stay safe. I hope uh, you continue to have a job and that you can continue to, uh, you know, live somewhat of a normal life such as it is right now. I wish you all the best, and I really appreciate you phoning in from the West Coast, Trevor. Best of luck to you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. You bet. Good.
We, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and then when I come back, I want to take your calls and read that text about perhaps a novel idea to help people in the restaurant industry. Much more to come right after this. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.